And this is balancing the game. We're back. All right. Here we go. All right. This is episode 10, Balancing the Game. And uh, we're here to talk about young men. Uh, I told you that I was going to come out with this. And I told you that I was going to talk to you guys. And I'm here to uh, clarify some things, put some things in perspective. Because I've seen a whole lot happen within this last month. Wow. And it hits on everything that. I've been saying it, and it hits on a lot of things that are wrong. And I know that the young men are smart enough to see it and to know that you can never get back the structure and the discipline and the things that were administered way earlier on. I'm talking about in the 40s, the 50s, and the black communities. And I use black loosely because it's something that we're all used to using, and I'm really not a fan of it. I'd rather use Afro-American, and I'll be explaining that too because there's a whole lot of people out there that they, they're older and they still don't understand where word came from. So I'll be explaining that somewhere in between of me talking here. So let's get, let's get started. What I'm going to talk about today is the mental health issues that all men have but specifically black males, black young males. And it's not your fault. It's hand-me-downs. Even the word black, black, black man, that, that's a hand-me-down. That's something that was handed to you. That's nothing that, that's not an a ethnic background. That's not a nationality. That's nothing. That's something that was given to you because there was a discussion that, that took place where the black leaders, there's the word again, black, and I'm going to use it today so I can drive this point home. Black leaders had a discussion a long time ago of what the American man of color should be called. One, they said, hey, look, African-American is just fine. Then they went on to say Afro-American. Then they went on to say Black man, and the N-word was handed to you. So for young guys that think that you making some a point towards other people of color, saying that, uh, well, uh, you're not a black man, or you, you, you're, you're this, you're Jamaican, you're not a black man, that's, that's a real uneducated statement. Because calling a Jamaican person or of color, man of color, or whether that man is from the islands and he's a man of color, black man was handed down to all of them. And calling somebody, uh, when a man or a woman states themselves as being Caribbean or Jamaican or any of those places, those are places. Those are places that they have been raised in and they identify as the place and origin of their nationality. So, so now you're confused because you don't, you so what's, what, why don't we have one? You do have one. You're American. And most of you don't know that you come from, you come from here. 
You don't know it because nobody never explained to you about the Aborigines people. Uh, Malcolm X explained it. Martin Luther King, he explained it. They both mentioned it. So, so a lot of times you, you're talking and you're uh, reciting things back and you're saying things and regurgitating things that you heard or been taught by someone that uh, has no education concerning it. And then you come up, and I, I understand the young man. I understand because I've been young before and forceful, and, and I was real adamant about the way I spoke to people because I swore up and down I was right. And you can hear the strength in my voice when I was younger about talking about different things. But I later on found out I was wrong about a whole lot of things because I was regurgitating things that I've heard from other people, other adults in my life. And until I fact-checked it myself, I was wrong. But I thought I was right. So, But it wasn't my fault. I was young, misguided, improperly educated. And see, I'm going to hit on that, too, about the education thing, because a lot of Afro-American young males and young women, um, they're confused. They're confused when, when a person says, in a reference of them being uneducated, they'll take and uh, get offensive. They'll take and get offensive about it because they've been to college. No need to do that. That, that statement of being uneducated, what that means, that could fall on any man or any person. Being uneducated means that I could go to college. And college definitely doesn't uh, teach you everything in the world. So when somebody comes to you with something that you ha you're not privy of, you're uneducated. It doesn't mean that you're stupid uh up to date or you don't know how to read, you don't know how to write. And it means none of those things. It just means that whatever the person is getting ready to tell you, if you're not privy of it, you're uneducated concerning that thing. So it's no need to get offensive because somebody calls you uneducated or uh, refers to things as uneducated. So let's clear that up. So uh, the young males, a lot of these things you don't understand is that they, they're not things that where you just have differences between yourselves and young uh, ladies these days. This stuff has been embedded and indoctrinated. It's been, it's, been, it's been taught. It's been designed to throw the future generations off. And you have no idea of it. And I was explaining this to someone else, and I was trying to tell them, Go back. Let's go all the way back. I'm trying to choose my words, so you have to excuse me. The thing is, is that if you go all the way back, young people, let's go all the way back. Let's go back to Adam and Eve. I know a lot of you say that you don't believe in it, but a lot of us do. You didn't just pop out of thin air. And monkeys is unacceptable. Because if that was the case, what happened to the rest of the monkeys in the zoo? What, they didn't make the cut? So let's cut that out. So, let's go back to Adam and Eve. Now, Eve, she was deceived. She was deceived not being malicious about her deception from this snake in the garden. What happened was is that she, in her innocence, uh, she made the wrong choice. She should obey God. He gave her a choice to eat from everything in this garden but that tree. That was the choice that she had to make. But 
she got deceived. Not going to go deep into it, but she got deceived. So now she's deceived and she finds out the fruit is good. Nothing happens. She don't, she, it, it hasn't hit her yet of what she's uh, done. So she goes to Adam and she offers and talks him to doing it. But he should have known better. He should have known better. Two people getting deceived. And that does not mean that women are awful or women are always up to something. It was just that he deceived and approached the one that he thought that was the weaker one that was more acceptable to being deceived. So bringing things up to date. Now, within when, they, when Adam and Eve ate from that tree, Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. And see, you got to understand that eating from the tree of knowledge means that they're about to take on something that wasn't meant for human beings to know. There are certain things that we're not supposed to know because we're in a state that can't handle those things. God knows these knowledges, but God isn't in the state that we're in. We're in a weaker state. So these things that we are now subject to because of that sin, of disobedience. Now we're up under the subjection of a stronger knowledge that has the strength to overtake us as human beings. But evil, deception, um, envy, hatred, none of those things, those things are way more powerful than a human being to where they can't will or they can't uh, defend themselves from those type of knowledges because they're powerful. And knowing these knowledges has cursed mankind because we can't, we're, we're in a state that we can't fend ourselves against it. That's why we believe in God. That's where our help is at. And that's the reason for Jesus Christ coming to earth and God himself coming to earth as Jesus Christ, the true son of God, and dying for your sins. He helped you out. You couldn't fulfill, you couldn't fulfill the things that was necessary for you to be accepted into a place of purity because of that curse. And we're still up under the curse. So getting to the point, I didn't want to go deep into that, and I will go deep into that later on down the line, is that when this occurred, it not only cursed men and women, but it cursed and separated and made a rift between men and women. And if you don't believe me, go read the Bible and fact check. It made a rift between men and women to where men and women would be in a state of separation and uh, in a state of, uh, what would you say, um, would be always at each other, would always be, have conflict between each other. And if you don't believe me, go read from the beginning in Genesis and fact check. So now let's come all the way back up to, uh, to, to slavery. Let's go all through that because I'm going to get into that later, but I want to make a point. So let's come all the way back up into slavery. So this thing that the curse put a wedge between men and women, that's already in effect. Now you got slavery. So now you have slaves at this particular time during slavery. They were killing the slave masters. They were escaping. They were fighting back. 
and I can't go over, and I'm not going to go deep into it, but I will go into history later, where you got to ask yourself a question. Why would it be that much fighting to be free and break free if you weren't from right here? You uproot anybody from where they used to live, and you take them somewhere else and you enslave them, if they're, they, it will, they will be very reluctant in fighting back and, and trying to escape to freedom if they weren't from here. Because you got to ask yourself this. If you break free, where you run into? You in a place where you definitely feel surrounded. You don't know what's out there except to think that there's more of them out there. So where you run into? So I'm very persuaded to believe and I know in my heart that we're from right here. And, and, and these people enslaved the indigenous people from right here. And this is the reason why they fought back and they tried to escape. Because they know the people then knew what was out there, their home. And they're being enslaved in their own home. So you ask yourself this, why would they change your name? That Why would they change your name and then eventually have it to where you don't even remember your own language? That's so that they can erase everything about you to where down the line, children, children of children of children of children, this thing would fade out so that they can put this lie in place that you were all taken, your ancestors were all taken from Africa. This is not true. There were Africans on that on the slave ships, but these people that they picked up from Africa, they kidnapped those people. Why would you put those people chained in the bottom of the boat if you uh just just write out bold about it? You kidnapped those people to keep them quiet. When you kidnapped those people, you knew that if those people were walking around on that boat, they'd be scrambling trying to get off that boat and fighting. If you kidnap somebody, you're going to chain them up. And then as you're going through customs, which they had customs back then, they had places that had checkpoints for those boats. That's to keep those slaves quiet because they were kidnapped. But what you don't know, young man, young black men, and I'm going to use black right now because it's befitting, is that Africans weren't the only people that they picked up. They picked up people from all the little islands. Jamaica, they enslaved Jamaicans. Yes. They enslaved other people on other islands. Yes. And one of those people that they enslaved was the Afro people. They were their tribe called the Afro tribe. Fact check me. And this is where this was taught all earlier on to the, uh, young men of color or, or men of color here and people of color here, they were uh, privy of this. And in the 70s, these young black males, they turned around and jokingly, I don't know if it was jokingly or if it was in, on purpose, they start calling it a hairstyle. It's not a hairstyle. Afro, Afro is not a hairstyle. It's a tribe. It's a tribe of people, of, of people of color, of one of the islands that they picked these people up and enslaved them. So it was all kinds of people. The Chinese people were also enslaved. 
How you think they got here? You think they walked? You think they picked them up and said, hey, you know what? Come on down to the United States of America. Come on to the United Colonies. We going there. Come on too. And then forcefully make them build a railroad. All kinds of people were getting snatched up. So despite of what history has told us, a lot of this stuff is not true. Like, for instance, when I was coming up in school, and I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about, we were taught that Christopher Columbus was a Hispanic. And you know I'm telling the truth. Come to find out this guy's Italian. And the people that was on the boat were Spaniards. See, a lot of times, and then, and then you got the Puerto Ricans all confused. They're indigenous people that were stripped of their language and inherited uh, Spanish. Puerto Ricans are Indian, African, and Spanish from Spain. Mexicans were also taken over. Listen, indigenous people, let's just say that, were taken over by Spaniards. That's why they speak Spanish. But Mexicans are true Americans from South America. See, see, when you was going, running around, doing whatever you doing, you didn't stay in history class. Or you didn't fact check a lot of stuff that was said in history class. But I'm giving you a short little shot of history. So during the slavery time, you got to understand there was a man called Willie Lynch. Look him up. You can YouTube him. You can, you can Google him. Willie Lynch. That's the man that his name is where lynching the black people from trees. Lynch, that's where that name came from. But Willie Lynch wrote a letter to all the slave owners. And in this letter, it was told how to control their slaves from running away and even killing them. And I'm not going to go into it, but you could be lazy if you want and not check into it. I'm, I'm, I'm purposely not going to run that down to you. I want you to go check for yourself of what he wrote in that letter. And then what he wrote in that letter is the reason why you have Division amongst young black men and young black women. This is the reason why you have this division between young black men and older black men. This is the reason why you have division between dark-skinned people of color and light-skinned people of color that have white parents or have that gene in their uh, bloodline. In this letter... He formed and shaped everything that you're acting out today. So don't think that it's something that just occurred. It was by design to separate you all. And if you feel like this is some information and you want to look it up, when you look into it, if it don't change you, you don't want anything. Go on, lay down, go on, fall back. You don't want anything. You don't want to understand. You like the, the, the chaos and the division that you're doing right now. You like that. You like that, and that's what you're about. But guess what? Us ones that want to improve our lives and bring back that harmony of family, because you got to understand in the 40s or 50s, black families weren't like they were now. They were wholesome taking their kids, dressing them up on Sunday, and braiding their hair. You could tell by the early on um, neighborhoods. You check back in history, ask your parents how black neighborhoods were back then. 
It was little black children playing outside with their hair braided, their hair combed, taking pride, not washing up and putting their nice clothes and double dutch, jumping double dutch outside and playing uh, under the hose and have and they had nice homes. You had the poor part, but for the most part, black people were doing just fine with their communities. Evil couldn't stand that. So what did they do? When the 80s rolled around, they flooded our neighborhoods with crack, destroyed the black structure and the black families. So that's, and I'm telling you this not to uh, disencourage you or have you act out against anybody, any other nationality or any other ethnic background of people. Don't act out against anybody. These people of today, they have nothing to do with the people back then unless they display the ignorance of the people back then. If they're showing you kindness and they're for you, why should you bring up anything to anybody about anything? You can address the issues to the people that are sick and demented because of the abuse of being taught hate. You can address that. But you're not a person that wants to bring about better times and bring back the structure of the family if you're going and attacking everybody based upon a color of a skin, which was handed to you and handed to the Caucasian. Those colors were purposely planted and, 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 and thought out to uh, divide the people. So that's what I have to say. You have no idea why you're arguing with your sister your sister of color. Why, you ever ask yourself as a young man, why are we always at each other's throat? I know that you're at each other's throat because I've been in spaces and I've seen it. And guess what? I've seen it before. If you ever ask yourself why, this is why. You say, well, what is, what is it? One is the letter that Willie Lynch wrote to the other slave owners. And I'm going to give you a taste of it. In case you get lazy and you don't want to go over there and fact check it. In the letter, he wrote to the other slave owners, if you want to control your slaves, pit the young Negro against the older Negro. Turn the light-skinned house Negro against the dark-skinned field Negro. Turn the women against the men. And what they used to do, that the, that the slaves wouldn't run away anymore and they didn't have to fight the males anymore, they would take the males, the, the fathers, and they would take the mother and the son and watch, and they would tie their father between two horses and ride off in each direction and pull the dad or the, the, the man of the house, pull him apart in front of the women and the child, rip his body apart in front of the women and the children. What this did was this put the fear into the mother and it put fear into that child that was standing there, but it would put fear in the mother to always when she would have a son to put the fear that that's what they would do to him if he ran away. Psychological. And what you don't understand is the division and everything that has been put against you, it started with the children. These adults today, you know why I don't really talk to them? Or I, I have no interest in talking to other adults? Because 
is futile. It's not about them. It's not about, they have to change themselves. They're old enough to change themselves. And plus, the thing of changing a future, which they knew then, would start with the children. And that's what I'm doing. I'm coming out here to inform the youth that the attack on you and your sister, the black woman, was an attack that had taken place way back then. And you're carrying it out. And the reason why you can't shake it is because your parents have been indoctrinated through their subconscious to where now they teach that to you because that's how it was designed. Remember? Pulling the man apart in front of the horse. Now the cycle starts. So whatever ignorances that he wrote in that letter, it's working to this day. But see, you could break that curse. The other curse with Adam and Eve, you're going to have to put your trust and you're going to have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent for your sins and, 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 and make a relationship with God to break that curse. But this curse between uh, families and through people of color, the way that you're going to break that curse is start with your start understanding yourself and then break that cycle with your children. You'll be having them soon if you don't have them, but it starts with your children. Keep that crap away from them. And a lot of the stuff that your parents taught you, a lot of that stuff is good, but a lot of it needs to be trash. They're simple little things. You're not going to say nothing good. Don't say nothing at all. Those things are great. But some of the things and some of the forceful things that you see your mother and fathers and these older people acting out, if they're acting out, not talking to nobody Pacific, talking in general, watch everybody around you. Remember what I said. Go read that letter that Willie Lynch wrote and put it together. And you'll see where, you know what, you can shake it by simply not displaying it and practicing it anymore. It's embarrassing. A lot of people want to talk about other people doing things in public. Got people running around here slapping folks in public. Let me tell you something. That slap that this man did in public, that's the same thing that you all are doing in these spaces and doing to one another in public. You're slapping the crap out of each other, embarrassing each other and embarrassing your nationality when you act out in the public. There's a time and place for everything. But you're going to wait till you get on the world stage to show ugly Americans. What's wrong with you? You can't see that. And I understand you can't see it. You can't understand it. You can't shake it. The only way you can shake it is through understanding. And I'm, I just gave it to you. I'm a messenger. Anybody want to talk about me being a leader? I'm no leader. I'm a messenger. And I've dropped off this message to you, and it's up to you to take it or throw it away. So let's go on. Didn't mean to make this long, but I really have to get these points out. So, all right, we're moving on. So we're going to talk about uh, that between the men and women, especially men and women of all nationalities and all colors, because I've been in other uh places talking to other people from other nationalities and men there's certain things men are men young boys are the same listen to me 
somebody going to have to grow up. It was one time I was talking on Twitter and I was, I was, I was putting up a post. I was tweeting and um, I was talking about the young men. And then there was other young men talking about, well, you know, like it's the women too. Listen, somebody has to grow up. Somebody got to grow up. You cannot go around and say, well, she did it. He did it. That's still kid stuff. Somebody got to grow up. And if you're the male, which I'm going to tell you something, if you want to be a really good husband and you really want to be a really good male and, and, and be a real good man in the lives of your family or amongst yourselves or to your girlfriends, let me tell you something. You have to uh, take the front. I ain't talking about take the front and then be arrogant or uh, and, and turn around and be uh, and start womenizing and doing other things. I'm talking about taking the front to be the bigger person to make peace or to make things make sense. When confusion's in the air, this is what men do. And usually now these days, women are taking that role. And let me tell you why they're taking that role. They're taking that role because they were shoved into that role. When when young men of the past, within last two, three decades of not taking care of their children and running off and leaving the woman with the child, she had to take on both the male and the female role. She had to, to, to uh, be the father to that young male and the young women. So when you hear them talking and them taking charge and doing things that males do now that you want to switch back up. I heard other old, older males, well, it's just that, you know, I feel as though a man should do this and a man should do that. Well, you know what, bro? That's you. But you know what happened. You know that males ran out on these women and they had to take that role. So what do you think occurred through a period of time of these women doing this? Their attitudes are going to change. Yes, they're going to go take out the garbage because there wasn't nobody to take out the garbage. Wasn't nobody to take out no garbage. And you can't expect them to stop wanting to take out the garbage just because you want to stand up now. I can't stand when males want to take charge, but they don't never ask the woman what they want to do. If that woman want to take out that trash and she's abnant about it, then let her. I know you want to be the man and all that, but you know what? How about asking her what she wants to do? Baby, do you enjoy taking out the trash? Yeah, you know, because I go out there and I meet my girlfriend and we talk at the mailbox and this, this, and that. You never asked her, but no, you want to be so forcible. You know what? You're right back where they start to call men male chauvinists. This is the reason why, because you're not listening. You're not asking. You're not being respectful to the woman. Ask her what she wants to do. I know a lot of women, guess what? If you a male and you were raised that way and then you want to take on all these roles, first back up and remember that you probably married a tomboy. A lot of women, they like baseball. They like what men do. They like climbing trees. I remember a whole lot of little girls I grew up with. They ran with us and, and rolled with us and climbed trees just like us. But now you have been taught something, and now you want to put this woman up under subjection to who she really is. So check with the women. Talk with them. See what they want to do. 
And I don't care what you want to do because you think you the man. Respect your wife or respect your girlfriend for what they want to do. Now, women, you can't double back on them and then try to embarrass them when they let you do what you want to do. That's not that unacceptable. So moving on, what we want to talk about today is uh, breaking the curse. You, you listen, men of color and women of color. And I'm going to say women, women of color and men of color all I want to. Because you know what? That word wasn't handed down to you. Black man and black woman, that was handed to you. Afro-American, Afro is not a hairstyle. It's a tribe. African-American, you're not. You're absolutely not. Any black man that's here that's been born on American soil, you're not African-American. And I know you shocked by what I'm saying. Listen, you never been to Africa. You weren't born on African soil. You want to use black? Go and throw that in there. You're a black American. And guess what? Everyone, Italian, uh, Jewish, whoever, whatever nationality you are, remember, if you were born on American soil, you are a American. First and foremost, who does that? Nobody does that. You could take a Caucasian that was born in Africa and they'll come here and say that I'm African. You could take an Indian. I knew an Indian girl that she was born in Jamaica. But when I met her, she said, I'm Jamaican and I'm looking at an Indian. Nobody does that but the uneducated folks that live here because it's indoctrin you're indoctrinated with lies that was meant to cover up who you really are and where you're from. You can believe it, take it, leave it, do whatever you want to, but make sure that when you stop listening to this podcast, go fact check me. I encourage you. So moving on, breaking old traditions. But listen, you outdated. You can live that life, but let me tell you something. Your life, and I'm talking specifically to the young, to men that listen to this, and I'm talking to young men. Listen, that stuff is outdated. And let me tell you why it's outdated. And it's not outdated because I say it's outdated. It's outdated because it has too many intricacies to it. It has too many starting points and places uh, that define it. See, because you got to understand that when you're dating a woman, what do you think that is? That is courting a woman. But the twisted things that have been administered to the minds of the youth is dating means that we getting together and we go have, we're going to go have sex. That's not what dating is. Dating is courting. See, and that's why I say that a lot of these dudes that be talking about, oh, no, I never dated my wife. I courted my wife. That is an uneducated person that doesn't understand that when they were courting their wife, they were dating their wife, the one that they were going to marry. Dating and courting is the same thing. And don't and if you think that I'm not telling the truth, listen, when you go out on a date, the true meaning of a date, you're going out to find out about that person. That's what courting is. Her likes, her dislikes, what uh how how is she what she what does she do during the week this is courting dating is courting that was the that's the true intent of dating but how it's been twisted is dating 
means that we go out, we have some food, and if I spend this money, you know what's going to happen next. That is not dating. That's you going out and getting somebody, hooking up, and having sex. That's exactly what it is. So I'm here to spit some knowledge and spit the education. For Southern people or that old guy that doesn't know what dating is or what courting is. Same thing. If you don't believe me, fact check it. So this is the thing that I'm saying, that you got to understand that people are saying these things because that's what they've been taught. It's not their fault. They just don't understand. But the thing about it is, is that that it's not their job to make you understand. Their job is to say what they know and believe. Your job is to fact check it and put it together. You have to do these things. You have to do these things in life. You have to do these things in business. You go into a business blind, and guess what? Before you know it, you're sued. And, and somebody's taking back all your hard work and the money that you made. So you have to check into these things. And what good way to practice it is in your regular life. Break this curse between black women and black men. The hand-me-down name, black. Black women and black men break the curse. Listen, let me tell you something. Men don't have to be the breadwinner. Men don't have to come in with a million dollars. Men don't always have to open up a door for a woman. Only if she wants you to. You could try it initially and see what she likes about it, but have a conversation. Do you like that, you know, have guys open doors for you? Because some women, they don't like that. They don't like that. And you, don't, you wouldn't know unless you asked them. You wouldn't know. So what I'm trying to say is find out what the woman wants. You say you courted her. You say you dated her. So why you don't know whether she wants a door open or not and respect what she tells you. She don't want doors open for her, don't open for her, and don't feel no way about it. Respect her wishes. So what I'm trying to say is men do not have to uh, be the one that's the breadwinner. They don't have to be. What it is is that this is part of the separation. You're taking on somebody else's culture. Stop taking on other people's culture and their habits of the way they do things because they switch it up all the time. And what I mean by they is anybody other than your nationality. Listen, you don't have to have a man make all the money before you get into a relationship. You're delaying things. If that man has potential and he's a hard worker, and he may not have the best job in the world, but he got big ideals, and he's not lazy about it. He just needs a little bit of help to get things started and going in the right direction. He needs the encouragement. What's wrong with the woman if she's in the same situation? Them two getting together and putting their brains together and making it happen. Because let me tell you something. This was by design that you, the men, and the women be separated because you are a powerful force when you come together. You are, you are so powerful, it, it, it makes people uncomfortable and afraid. If black women and black men come together and put their heads together, man, there's trouble in town. Don't you understand this? Come together. They, the separation was there because they know the power of the black man and the black woman when they get together. 
And whether they're black, white, whatever, the power of a woman and a man coming together is power. This is why do you think everything that, that, that Caucasian men did of the past, not this day, so don't get offended. Why do you think that everything that they did fell apart? Because they excluded everybody. They excluded their wives. They excluded the slaves. They excluded everybody and thought that they can do everything on their own. And it fell. And if it didn't, and the reason why it didn't fall, fell and it was brought up out of the slumps is because of the black man and the black woman. Because the Caucasian woman came and arose and, and, and started to take charge of her feminine and her masculine side of taking charge in this world as a woman. This is the reason why America is so great. Listen, let me tell you something. As a black woman and a black man together. Now think about this. And I'm going to give you some reasoning. If a woman could go and back NASA into making a... Uh, successful launch to the moon and did all the calculations to it. If that woman was with a black man and they put their two minds together, where would they be? She backed them. So if she backs you, where would you be? But you know why you can't get there? It's because you're still holding on something that was handed to you. This is the reason why uh, people of color always got their hand out to the government talking about what they can do for us. These people can't do nothing for you. You could do it for yourself. You're in a free world, but you're in a cage in your mind. You could do it for yourself without being disruptive, but you always got your hand out talking about what somebody can do for you. They listen, they can't do no more for you than what you can do for yourself. God help those who help themselves. Black people talking about reparations. Yeah, the reparations were already handed out. They were stolen from you. You don't understand that? Reparations were stolen from the uh, black Americans. Let me tell you something, because you're from right here. You're from the tribes from right here. And a lot of times you don't understand is that you're mixed with other things. You're mixed with African. There may be some bloodline because people have been having sex. People have been sleeping together. Of course, you got a little bit of African in you probably. But the initial people, a lot of people, they, for, they were from right here. My family is from Missouri. I was born in Chicago. Missouri, do you know about Missouri? Missouri is nothing but Native Americans. My grandmother and my grandfather lived in a little small town. And I ain't going to say that. A tribe. It was like huts that they lived in with dirt floors. They were Native Americans. I'm not denying the African part of it. It's somewhere in there. But you got to understand that a lot of people don't understand that's, that's black women and black men a lot of times you don't understand that you're from right here. What, and if you weren't, if you were born here, you're from right here. Don't let nobody convince you any otherwise. So what I'm trying to say is, is that the women and men, no matter what nationality, whether Caucasian, black or whatever, women and men come together. 
the the structure of the Caucasian men, a lot of that's been broken down because they've been so they've been womanizing against the women. You see what I'm saying? These young girls coming up and they go out to clubs now and dancing in big circles of just girls. What is going on? I'm telling you, this is what I'm trying to say to you, uh, to the black young males. Cut the bickering. A man is the enemy of his own household. And women have a heart and a disposition that if you only act right, they'll follow you. You're in control. They're really in control, but they're willing to let you think you're in control. And you have the helm. They let, in other words, playing your part in your lane. I know dudes that they be all up in the house trying to uh, act like the man and stuff like that. If you're the man, why you and the woman get up in the kitchen? She finally agrees to be up in the kitchen and cooking food. But now you can't settle with going in the living room and keeping your mouth shut and watching television. Now you all up in the kitchen talking about what's about these dishes? What about this? Get your behind out of the kitchen and go and sit down. Why you all up in the kitchen? Can't stand a man always up in the kitchen. You want the woman to be in the kitchen, get out the kitchen. If she don't want to be in the kitchen, get in the kitchen. If she too tired to wash the dishes, wash the dishes. But you too tired. You, you, if, you, if you too tired when you come in to help that woman out, then don't go drag your behind back out the door to go drink with your buddies. You ain't really tired. Or you wouldn't leave back out. So this is what I'm trying to, that just heats me up. Y'all got to excuse me. But anyway, moving on, and I'm going to end this because I, this is really taking a long time. I didn't expect to speak this long. You know, and start, young men, start respecting people that are around you. You don't know these people. This is, that's another learned behavior that's so ignorant. Everybody ain't your uncle. Everybody ain't your aunt. Everybody ain't the people from off your block. Everybody's not your neighbor. The the guy across the street, you've been, been disrespecting him and you've been disrespecting his wife and you've been disrespecting his kid. Now you all uh, three miles away at the supermarket. Now you're all up in there disrespecting people that you don't know. Listen, if you want to live a long time, cut it out because there's some sick people out here. They waiting to do harm to you. Cut it out. If you say you want to grow up and you want to do right, grow up and do right. If you want to be the change that turns and breaks the cycle and the curse in your family, you got to grow up. End it. I done gave you the tools. I done dropped the message. And see, I'm not going to come back here this way. I'm not going to pass through. This message has been dropped officially. And I'm not coming back this way no more. But if you hear this podcast, and you hear what I'm saying to you? When you stand in judgment or you stand and with your family walking out of your life and you being alone as an old man, don't say that you didn't hear this podcast and heard what I said to you. So listen, the message has been dropped. So either take it or leave it. And what I'm trying to say, and I'm going to end this podcast with young people, female, male, all nationalities, you have to, I, don't, I say pray to God, meditate, call on the name of Jesus, just call it over and over in your head and ask for help to calm yourself down. Because what you got to do is you got to exercise patience in your life. 
and not greed. Be anxious for nothing. Because let me tell you something, what I was told, and this is Bible, and this is even what I was taught as a kid, be anxious for nothing. Because let me tell you something, when you anxious for something, usually you're going to make a mistake. I've heard a lot of people on Twitter and all around talking about how they got rug pulls. That's because you was anxious. Fall back a little bit, examine your surroundings, examine who you dealing with. And do strictly business. Business has no soft spot for you. There's no forgiveness in business. And there's no handshakes in business. A lot of people are in these uh, NFTs. Let me tell you something. The utility is to protect you. So what you do in life, make a utility in your life. Make it to where in your life that you have some written code in your life that you stand by and that is unbreakable. And I'm going to leave it there. And this is Ken Swift. And I'm going to say peace and get ready, ladies, for episode 11. Talking to you and only you. This episode is for the young man. Take this message. I've dropped it. And it's up between you and God now. I'm not coming back this way. All right, this is Balancing the Game. This is Ken Swift, and I'm going to say goodbye.